Your History is a new podcast brought to you from The Times, and it brings together the real-life stories from our obituaries desk, which have been published for over a century. In this brand new show, we build on this legacy and explore the endlessly fascinating lives who have enriched and informed our own. Join me and our sponsor, Ancestry, as we journey through your history. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. For more than two decades, Britney Spears has been one of the most famous stars in the world the high priestess of bubblegum pop, who, like so many child stars before her, also became known for battling her personal demons in the public eye. If, like me, you thought that was pretty much it, then wait till you hear about this. For the last 12 years, her father James has controlled her money and much of her life through a legal arrangement called a conservatorship. She now wants him out, but a judge has rejected the move. For years, Britney Spears has been locked in a secretive and controversial conservatorship. It's a curious legal status in American law, usually reserved for the elderly or mentally infirm, which means that at the age of 39, the global superstar and mother of two has much of her life and her finances controlled by her father. It's an arrangement that Britney Spears is trying to end. Free Britney signs in hand. Fans marched outside the Stanley Moss courthouse today. What do we want? Free Britney! As her court battles continue, her legions of fans around the world have now formed a movement. They protest on her behalf, online and in person, and they study every image she posts on Instagram as if it's a hostage video. People are posting in the comments, they're saying, wear yellow in your next video and blink twice if you need help. So she does both in the next video. She wears yellow and she blinks twice in the entire video. We all got to get on this movement because they've held her hostage for 12 years and this is crazy. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, the movement to free Britney. It's really cozy. It's a very cozy day. Jen Zabrowski is the sort of person who has a Britney Spears fantasy. And it's an unusual one. We start the day at her house because I feel like Britney, that's her territory. Jen is a huge Britney Spears fan. Sometimes she likes to imagine what life would be like if they were friends. We watch movies. 
rom-coms. We're eating takeout. We're like braiding each other's hair. <laughs> I'm checking in with her. I'm just saying like, you know, what do you like? What do you want to do? I would want to get in the gym. I would want to lift tiny weights. I would want to wear tiny shorts, roll them up. I would want to have a good workout and then just get real weird and dance. That would be a dream. Jen Zabrowski is an actor and a writer, but more importantly, for the purposes of this episode, the host of a podcast entitled, We Need to Talk About Britney. Would either of you be singing? Well, I certainly wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to her, but <laughs> but I would love it if Britney sang to me. For Jen, this fantasy day with Britney would culminate with a drive. You might think that sounds banal, but the sight of Britney Spears behind the wheel has become a rarity over the last 12 years. She's not allowed to drive in this conservatorship, which is one of the harder things for me in being such a Britney fan, I know how much she loves to drive. She talks about it in old interviews and, and pictures. And I remember there was this old story when she was dating Justin Timberlake and they were walking past a car dealership and she walked in and she was like, I can buy this car and I'm just going to. And she bought the car and she drove it off the lot and, and I could just feel the joy in her voice. So I would put her behind that wheel, legally or illegally. It wouldn't matter. I would, I would free Britney in that moment. <laughs> Back in 2008, more than 12 years ago, Jamie Spears took legal and financial control over the life of his daughter, Britney. Now, her legal battle to remove her father from this role is making headlines. For the last 11 years, Jamie Spears, Britney's father, has been her conservator, meaning he had the final say on all of Britney's personal and financial affairs. The hashtag Free Britney has been shared hundreds of thousands of times, her fans rallying behind her as she fights for her independence from her father. But Britney lost her legal bid for freedom. And in response, her lawyers spoke to the eager press. Britney Spears' lawyer, he is dropping bombs and nuggets for us. He says, my client has informed me that she is afraid of her father and that she will not perform again if her father is in charge of her career. The judge ultimately declining to remove Jamie Spears as conservator at this time. But Britney's choice of wealth manager, Bessemer Trust, was named as the co-conservator of her $60 million estate. The legal tussle between Britney Spears and her father continues, with a conservatorship extended until September for now. Britney's lawyer has refused interview requests, citing ongoing litigation. And for his client, with every new Instagram post, there's a renewed spike of support, concern and conspiracy theories online about Britney Spears, her well-being and her freedom. I'm an elder millennial, and so Britney Spears was very much a part of the culture that I grew up with. Zoe Brennan-Crone is a staff attorney for the American Civil Liberties Union. And I work on a variety of disability rights issues, including alternatives to guardianship and conservatorship for people with disabilities. Here's what we know about Britney Spears' conservatorship. It's hard to know exactly what's happening with Britney Spears' conservatorship because... It's mostly confidential. I don't represent Britney Spears, but from the outside, what it looks like and what's been reported is that 
she is subject to what's called in California a probate conservatorship. And what that means is that a court in California has taken away her civil liberties, her chance to make decisions about her life, to decide where she lives, what medication she takes, who she sees, who she doesn't see. The court has taken away her right to make those decisions and given that right to someone else and said that she is not capable of making those decisions for herself. And our understanding is that that's been the case now for more than 10 years. So what exactly does that mean for day-to-day living? What is life like for Brittany? So she would not, in a typical probate conservatorship, be able to make decisions about how she spends her money, who she sees, what doctors she goes to, where she lives, whether she works. None of those would be decisions that she would be able to make legally and on her own. Those would all be decisions that would be made by the conservator. And this is a person who, while that's happening, she is working. That's Jen Zabrowski again. Here she is, the undisputed. She's putting out albums, music videos. She's showing up every night to do her Piece of Me residency show in Vegas. Let's shout out to Vegas for Britney Spears! (laughs) Making $500,000 a night doing that show, and yet she can't go to the store, drive herself there, and buy a box of macaroni and cheese. This is too confusing. I can't wrap my head around this. This apparent paradox has been at the heart of the Free Britney movement as her fans have rallied to support her and her legal battles. But at times, in trying to understand what might be happening behind the scenes, they can veer into conspiracy territory. Is Britney being held hostage by her father? There's a comment here that somebody says, please tell us where you are so we can save you. Fast forward to the next video, she's dancing around, and the song that she chose to dance to is none other than Malibu. Fans on TikTok believe that this video of Britney holding her hat, her finger is pointing towards a little dot on the hat, and if you zoom in very far, some fans think that it spells out help. To understand how Britney Spears became the subject of a conservatorship, we need to go back to the very start. Sometimes I get in trouble with some real diehard fans on my podcast. And Jen Zabrowski was there from day one. They say, you're not an expert. And I say, I know, I'm a Britney intuitive. I feel close to her, but I don't (laughs) know everything about her. I describe it as a friend from childhood. And sometimes, you know, you go through periods where you don't speak, and then you connect, and it's like no time had passed. And that is really true for how I feel about Brittany. I went to Catholic school, and we wore a uniform that was identical to what Britney Spears wore in her Baby One More Time music video. Knee socks and the gray skirt, the Oxford white shirt, uh, a sweater, and... I saw her and I just felt seen. I felt like she was me, but turned up to a 20. And it was me in pop music. If you hear the first that, it is the most, 
iconic piece of pop music. Britney Spears burst onto the scene in 1998 with this very song. It's a perfect pop song. Britney, wearing a school uniform, hair and pigtails, dancing along a school corridor. It had all sorts of uncomfortable undertones. But it was an image and a song that became a global sensation. She could have been a one-hit wonder, but the hits just kept on coming. From there, it was like, you know, then the next album came out and the next album and the next album. I mean, she gave us Toxic, which is one of just... I mean, that song, that really truly is one of the best pop songs just ever recorded. From her next album, when she did Britney, and then In the Zone with Madonna, also too, then with her relationship with Justin Timberlake, I feel like that was a really defining moment for Britney. After a week of headlines surrounding Britney Spears and boyfriend Justin Timberlake, I wanted to know the truth about that ring and the rumors of a duet with Michael Jackson. We all rooted for that relationship so much. It's the dream, you know. And then when they broke up, it was, what's Britney going to do? You've had a rough year. You've had a year that would test a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Illness in the family. Mm -hmm. A breakup. It was pretty rough. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. Ah, weird. Hello. Um, oh my goodness. Hello. Ew. Strong Brittany. Um, yeah, it was a weird time. Ew. I'm embarrassed. Can we stop? And then she performed at the MTV Video Music Awards with Madonna, and they had the iconic kiss. I'm Jan Carl with the exclusive on The Kiss. Can you believe Britney's open mouth lip lock with Madonna? The room was blown away at Radio City Music Hall, but Kojo and Chris Booker have the real story behind the unreal night. And it's like, yes, Christina Aguilera was on the stage, but no one really talks about that. It's all about Britney and Madonna. There was no one more famous than Britney Spears. But after that golden period for her career, things began to unravel for the world's biggest pop star. After that, things started to, you know, take a different turn. In 2004, Britney married Kevin Federline, a backup dancer. They got married and had two kids back to back. Britney Spears was soon struggling, and it showed in her interviews. Yes, of course. He's not, there's not a basement he somewhere? He helps me. He has to. I'm an emotional wreck right now. Are you really? Not um in a bad way, just the whole, just, you know, I'll start laughing hysterically and then I'll just start crying. Like, just because... So it's the hormones of the pregnancy racing through your body. Yeah, so it's nice to have my husband there to keep me company. Was it a, a happy marriage? Once their children were born, you know, things took a turn. And so Brittany filed for divorce and went to New York, went on the David Letterman show with a very cute haircut, but then she started partying with Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan. And I get it. She wanted to go out and have a good time, but it didn't go well. It didn't go well. She was struggling. And then you add, you know, 
alcohol and potentially drugs on top of that, and it's a recipe for disaster. I think at that point, you know, whatever age you become famous at, I think that you kind of stay there in a lot of ways. We were kind of looking for her to fail. I, I don't think that she was taken care of in a way. So in 2007 and 2008, Brittany went through the unimaginable. I really think that as a culture, we were gaslighting her. It was, you know, just chasing her and saying, you know, why are you sad? Why don't you like the press following you? In this Matt Lauer interview, he keeps pushing her. Is that what you want to be left alone? Is that what you want? What do you think it'll take to get the paparazzi to leave you alone? Is that one of your biggest wishes? <laughs> yeah. It's okay. She's saying, I just want some respect. And she's crying and she's clearly distraught. And I think we just kept pushing and pushing and pushing until she shaved her head. The images of that day are notorious. All of a sudden there were lights flashing and we thought it was the police or some somebody got into an accident and they asked us to open the door. We opened the door and Britney Spears came in and sat in my chair and said, I want to shave my hair off. Not only fans of Britney Spears, but anyone who follows pop culture remembers that moment. They remember seeing the picture, hearing about it, then seeing the picture. It is understandable if you put yourself in her shoes why she did those things. When she went to get a tattoo after she shaved her head, the tattoo artist said, why did you do it? And she said, I just wanted people to stop touching me. I did say, is it getting rid of the old and just starting fresh? And she said, yes, that's it. But the only emotion she showed was when she said, my mom's going to be really upset and she got teary eyed. And I think her mom should maybe get a hold of her little girl. I think she needs her family. I mean, this was a person who was, you know, poked and prodded at all the time emotionally and physically. Brittany doesn't talk openly about her mental health struggles and her, her journey. And there are a lot of rumors, I guess. You can only say that it's speculation because it's never been confirmed that she is bipolar. And, and I've had people on the podcast, you know, guests come on who they themselves are bipolar and they talk about their experience and how it is so similar to Brittany. And so I think at that time, you know, her rock bottom was... There was a, a night when she got into a disagreement with Kevin Federline and she locked herself in a bathroom with her babies and she was taken out of her home in a stretcher and she was put on a 5150 hold at Cedar sinai and then she was put in this conservatorship and she is still in that same conservatorship 12 years later. It had all spun out of control. The circus of photographers, the media intrusion, the headlines about her private life and her very public problems. Brittany was often photographed during this period crying and her mental health was in crisis. A 5150 hold is a bit like being sectioned here in the UK. It allows medics to detain someone against their will on psychiatric grounds. 
But even then, video footage of the night Britney Spears was hospitalised shows crowds of photographers chasing the ambulance as it drives away. There are even pictures of Britney being treated by paramedics inside the ambulance. And while hospitalised, she was visited by celebrity television presenter Dr Phil, who then spoke to the media about her condition. It's unimaginably intrusive. For her legion of worried fans, the Free Britney movement began with a podcast, but not Jen's. There are so many of us, because we all need to talk about Britney. The other Britney podcast is called Britney's Gram, hosted by the comedians Tess Barker and Barbara Gray. They received a call on their hotline for their podcast, and it was someone who claimed to work in the law firm that Britney Spears, where her case is. And they said that this whole situation is messed up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Britney's Graham. We're here, as you've already found out, this is a special emergency episode. This is a special emergency episode. We are dropping it early. I feel like we should just play it, and then we'll discuss. Yeah, here we go. Hi there. Um, I cannot disclose who I am. Um, I just heard the latest episode. You guys are onto something. Um, I used to be a paralegal for... An attorney that worked um, with Britney's conservatorship, I am no longer with them. Um, And what is happening is disturbing, to say the least. That audio radicalised Britney fans the world over. I mean, there were so many rumours, and it was almost for me, I I didn't know how I felt about it. Really? Yes. Well, one... We never really know what's going on with someone. And I didn't want to participate in, I didn't want to just jump on the bandwagon. To me, I thought, you know, this is a woman who first and foremost is a mother. She loves her children. That, that makes the situation much more complex. Eventually, Brittany herself came forward, posting a video on Instagram. Hi guys, just checking in with all of you who are concerned about me, all is well. My family has been going through a lot of stress and anxiety lately, so I just needed time to deal. But don't worry, I'll be back very soon. The reporting around this case describes how Britney Spears entered into the conservatorship voluntarily. But the legal picture is a bit more complicated. But how has Britney Spears, global star and pop princess, become the centre of a far broader debate about the American legal system. We'll have more on that in just a moment. For more remarkable stories every day, subscribe to The Times and The Sunday Times. Join today and get one month free. Search for thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves 
feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So the concept of a voluntary conservatorship is a little bit misleading, I think, because a conservatorship is not just an agreement between two people. A conservatorship is a court order. The state is taking away a person's right to make decisions and saying that that person cannot get that right back without the court's blessing. That's Zoe Brennan-Crone again, staff attorney at the ACLU. A conservatorship should only be established when these very specific legal standards are met, and that's that a person is unable to provide for food, clothing, or shelter. It's a very high standard before the court is supposed to intervene and take away someone's right. If, in fact, it's a voluntary situation where what Britney Spears wants is specific kinds of support from specific people, then there are a lot of much less intrusive mechanisms that do not involve the court, that do not involve taking away someone's rights, that do not involve the same risks of abuse and the same harms that we see with conservatorships. As far as we know, Britney Spears and her legal team aren't challenging the conservatorship itself. What they want is to change her father's role in controlling it. What's being reported is that her father is currently the conservator, so that means her father is the person who's making virtually all of the decisions about her life and is getting paid to do so. And, you know, reports are that he's getting paid quite a bit of money from Britney Spears' own estate to be in this role. So it's an extraordinary amount of power that a conservator has. And so when a person comes forward and says, I don't want this person to be making these decisions for me, you would want a system that took that very seriously because of how inherently imbalanced the power is here. And we don't know what's happening in the courtroom. It could be that the court is taking that extremely seriously and that there's complexities we don't understand. But from the outside, it seems that she has not succeeded in getting the conservator changed, and that gives us pause. Given all the secrecy around this case, it's hard to know whether Britney Spears keeps losing her legal appeals because of the merits of her case or because of the broader problems with conservatorships, which are a controversial quirk of the American legal system. Across the country, what we see really consistently is that it's extremely hard to get out of conservatorships. Even in cases that we've worked on where everyone involved thinks that a conservatorship should be lifted, courts are still extremely reluctant to lift them because a lot of people going into conservatorships don't necessarily realize that 
the judge is the only person who can lift a conservatorship, who can remove it. And so we, what we see is that courts are very reluctant to remove conservatorships and that people can get caught in a kind of catch-22 where if they come forward for a review of their conservatorship and they're doing really well, then that's used as evidence that the conservatorship is working great. And if somebody is not doing well, then that's used as evidence of, well, of course, this person needs to stay in the conservatorship. It's much, much easier to get into conservatorships than to get out of them. It's not just legally hard to leave a conservatorship. They can make people feel dependent on them, too. For Zoe Brennan-Crone, the conservatorship system creates a number of problems. There's the opportunity for abuse, neglect and exploitation. But also, conservatorships can institutionalise those who are subject to them. Even if everyone is acting in absolute good faith, there there's a harm and there's really, you're right, it's an institutionalization of telling someone you can't be trusted to make your own choices and we don't think you ever will be able to be trusted to make your own choices. It's particularly frustrating because there are alternatives. It's not that that's the only option, but it's very often treated as though the only thing is either you live completely on your own, no support, sink or swim, or you have all of your rights taken away from you. And and there's actually a lot in between, but it often gets very quickly skipped over. Some of those alternatives we're already familiar with, like the power of attorney. There's also agreements called supported decision-making agreements and supported decision-making models where a person chooses people around them typically more than one person, who they want to support them collaboratively making choices. And there's a real irony that if you're not perceived as having a disability and you bring an advocate, a friend with you to a doctor's appointment, that's considered a really good thing. You know, you're being a self-advocate. And if you're a person with a disability and you go in and you say, I want this person to help me understand it, then that's used against you as if you can't do this yourself, we don't think that you have capacity. And it's a real kind of a cruel irony that that that's how people with disabilities are perceived. Britney Spears's case has created a media storm, but has that attention helped or hindered her? You know, it's unique because it's Britney Spears. She's unique. She's extraordinarily famous. There's an extraordinary amount of money involved. She's extraordinarily talented, and there's incredible attention to this case. And those are not typical in conservatorship cases. But then on the other hand, this pattern that we see of someone experiencing a crisis or a perceived crisis and ending up in a conservatorship and then staying in that conservatorship, even though from the outside it it seems very unlikely that, that formally the person still meets the criteria for a conservatorship, that you just get into a conservatorship and once you're in it, it's almost impossible to get out of. That we see very routinely. Do you think all the publicity around, you know, her, her mental health, her well-being, and the court proceedings, do you think in a way, is it shining a light on how we treat female celebrities and what we expect of the icons we create? Absolutely. We see ourselves in Britney because of her struggles, because of 
the things that she has come up against. And even when she first came onto the scene and we saw that just like that twinkle in her eye and we knew nothing about her. When you see a woman up there dancing and just like pushing through and in her songs like stronger and like overprotected and like toxic and like work bitch and the suffering, you also see the strength. It's like, you know, in the icons like, you know, Judy Garland and seeing these idols who have just, who suffer, but they're like phoenixes rising from the ashes every time. You know, that's how all of us feel, even in our, you know, normal lives. We're all the leading ladies of our lives, like men and women. We're all the leading ladies, every single one of us. And I think that as a pop star, especially, you know, we we look to them, we look to them and we feel seen and we feel as though that they're telling our story. You know, when I, you know, don't get a job that I really wanted or, you know, all the breakups that I had gone through, it feels dramatic and you put on a Britney Spears song and you dance around your living room and you feel like you're her for that moment. I feel like I borrow her strength. I borrow her power. I think that she is held to a different standard because she is a woman, but I also want to think of it in the, the beautiful, magical way And to me, that is that these women represent so much strength, so much beauty, so much vulnerability and makes me cry. Like it's, you know, when I heard Lady Gaga's rain on me this summer, I cried. I just felt seen. And I think that's all any of us want is to feel seen. And Brittany has always made me feel that way. And I just hope as a fan that what I can give back to her is to make her feel seen. What do you hope for, for for Britney's future? I want her to be with her sons, to move back down to Louisiana, open a dance studio, reopen her, her grandmother's crawfish shop and just live a life, get on an ATV and cruise, you know, let the breeze run through her hair. And if she never gives me another song, I'm okay with that. She's given me enough. When did you last feel free? This is a woman who can show up to work. When I got to drive my car a lot. And perform for thousands of people every night. I, uh, she can drive a car. A car? Is that my car? And I love driving my car. Something about being able to drive your car that allows freedom. And, and I haven't been able to drive my car. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, Jen Zabrowski, host of the podcast We Need to Talk About Britney, and Zoe brennan Crone, an attorney from the American Civil Liberties Union. The producer today was Leona Hamid. The executive producer is Poppy Damon, and sound design was by Falcon Kiseltuk and Carla Patella. If you have any suggestions for stories you'd like us to cover, or any thoughts on what you've just heard, then please do email us at storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Have a good weekend.
Your History is a new podcast brought to you from The Times, and it brings together the real-life stories from our obituaries desk, which have been published for over a century. In this brand new show, we build on this legacy and explore the endlessly fascinating lives who have enriched and informed our own. Join me and our sponsor, Ancestry, as we journey through your history. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.